I want to talk to you this week about what is typical among families who are successfully unschooling. Honestly, I thought I'd have three ideas to share with you, and then there were five, and now there are seven, and they're all good to bring to the front of your mind. So I'm giving them all to you. I'm Sue Patterson, and this is the Unschooling Mom to Mom podcast. Each week, I'm sharing a little unschooling pep talk, only about 10 minutes, something to help you grow your confidence and keep you going. It's so easy to get pushed back to what's familiar in educating and parenting our kids. I want to offer a little reassurance to counter that, to let you know that this unconventional approach really does work. Your kids will actually be better off because of it. If you've listened before, welcome back. And if you're new here, hello, nice to meet you. I'm Sue Patterson, an unschooling coach with nearly 30 years experience, ready to share it all with you. My own three kids are now 34, 32, and 29, all unschooled, and they have degrees, careers, businesses, own homes, all the things. But what's different about them is that they had this really awesome childhood filled with adventures, learning about themselves, and how to find the resources they need to do whatever they've wanted to do. That's what we all want for our kids, right? It just takes a little courage to get off that educational conveyor belt and really individualize the learning and the life with them. I can help you do that. I have so many resources, free and paid, and you can find them all at the unschoolingmomtomom.com website. Enough about all that. Let's dive into this week's topic. I've spent the last two weeks creating a typical unschooling day challenge in my membership group. We've been talking about all the ways unschoolers' lives are anything but typical. We've seen how individualizing to the places and people and phase of life make it impossible to duplicate what's going on in someone else's house. So now that that's really clear, I'm going to pivot a little, shake things up a bit. I want to share a few things that really are similar in successful unschooler homes. And I've seen quite a few. After nearly 30 years in this community, raising my own three kids, moving around the country, I can tell you definitively that while the details will vary widely, a few things are actually typical. Probably more than these seven that I have for you. So feel free to let me know what you'd add. But here's where we'll start. Number one, unschooling parents listen to their kids. They listen without trying to mold or manipulate the children into what they think is the best thing to do. They recognize that listening instead of talking will shed a lot more light on the situation and provide the insight needed to take the next moves. Number two, unschooling parents are available to their kids. They set up situations where it's easy for the kids to share and for them to observe what's going on, not in an ever-watchful, eye-creepy way, but more of a way that offers convenience to the child. Making a child take extra steps to share something with you may set the stage for simply skipping it. But when you're nearby or available by text or FaceTime or even just right there in their line of sight, you'll see engagement go up. Number three, unschooling parents set the stage for success. Without always trying to teach kids a lesson or or focusing on the common parental idea of kids have to learn, unschooling parents are focusing on the end result, a happy kid, a harmonious home, always asking themselves, 
what needs to happen to make this work? Do you need to pack snacks? Do you need to find their shoes before it's two minutes to go time? Do you need to get them a timer so they don't feel you're always the interrupter? Unschooling parents look at the situation with the goal of helping everyone get what they need. Of course, this will vary as kids get older. Kids who are younger need more physical support. Rushing them through their childhood is not the goal of successful unschooling parents. Unschooling parents recognize that the home where children are learning and growing is probably not going to land on the cover of Better Homes and Gardens. But instead, this cozy nest will provide the nurture and space for unschooled children to grow and thrive. Forts in the living room, science labs in the kitchen, mini trampolines or painter's tape hopscotch down the hallway, blankets and pillows in the corner, plenty of flat surfaces for projects. These are examples of ways typical unschooling homes look. Number five. Unschooling parents know that learning happens because kids are curious and the world is interesting. They don't feel the need to section off time for certain subjects or to test anyone's knowledge. Living together in the world, having conversations, offering ways to find resources to explore more deeply, these are the ways unschooling parents are effective. Number six, unschooling parents prioritize the relationship over the lesson plans. They don't adhere to a scope and sequence expecting children to learn certain things based solely on their ages. They start with the learner and the learner's goals. What do they want to know more about? And they move in that direction. You know, kids won't always be able to tell you outright what they want to learn or what they're curious about. Lots of times parents new to unschooling are discouraged when they ask their child, what do you want to learn about? And the kid shrugs and says, I don't know. (laughs) That's why successful unschooling parents realize that they'll have to spend a good bit of time observing and gathering the data to answer that question themselves. Your child gives you all sorts of clues as to where their preferences lie. It may take a little while at first because kids aren't going to provide you with a checklist full of their curiosities this week. But by focusing on that connection, prioritizing this time spent noticing what they like and they don't, unschooling parents will open up a path for this kind of information to flow. Number seven, unschooling parents are unpacking all their own personal tendencies for people-pleasing and conformity. This is a hard one. When unschooling parents look around their home or their day, they're noticing red flags that make them worry what the neighbors will think or their mother-in-law or that lady everyone thinks is so awesome at co-op. They're noticing when they put those kinds of thoughts ahead of the needs of their actual children standing in front of them, they're veering off track and back to what's familiar. Unschooling parents aren't afraid to examine their own motivations and intentions so they can dig deeper to find what's truly best for their kids and for themselves. The key to typical unschooling days is being open to the idea that unconventional choices are okay and probably needed to truly individualize your own unschooled lives. I'll put links in the show notes to some of the things I've mentioned. And if you need support doing this, I'm here. And so is my Creating Confidence membership community, filled with other unschooling parents finding our way through this life we're all creating with our kids. Reach out. You don't have to do this alone. 
I'll put links in the show notes to dive a little deeper on some of the things I've mentioned, and I'd love a review on whatever app you're using to listen. It really helps the podcast platform know to keep sharing this to other families who may need some unschooling support. Have a great week. Enjoy the kids and happy unschooling.